You're listening to the Yoga Teacher Resource Podcast. Knowledge, techniques, and inspiration for your teaching and your practice. I'm your host, Mado Hesselink. If you're a yoga teacher who loves learning, is passionate about spreading the benefits of yoga, and desires more resources to support your teaching, you're in the right place. Let's get started with today's episode. If you've ever wondered about creating an online yoga course, you're going to love this conversation with Kelly McHugh. She is so great about breaking down the steps that it takes to get started with an online course in a way that feels simple, digestible, and doable. Kelly is the founder of Digital Yoga Academy, and she's helped over 10,000 yoga teachers learn how to make a visible impact to spread the message of yoga. After a successful 15-year marketing career in global business agencies and startups, managing marketing teams, and multi-million pound budgets, Kelly's from the UK, which you will definitely hear in just a moment, Kelly transitioned to teaching yoga and setting up the retreat company Good Yoga Life. Digital Yoga Academy brings together Kelly's passion for business and yoga, marketing and entrepreneurship through online programs, resources, and coaching. She's passionate about supporting yoga teachers to turn their passion and expertise into a successful yoga business. There are a ton of helpful tips and practical strategies in this episode, so let's jump right in. Welcome to the Yoga Teacher Resource Podcast, Kelly. Thank you for having me. I'm really excited to be here with you today. I'd love to hear a little bit about how you got started with teaching yoga online and why you're so passionate about it. Yeah, sure. So I am the founder of uh, two yoga businesses. Um, The first business I started five years ago, it's called Good Yoga Life. And uh, it's based here in London. We run classes and events here in London and also retreats abroad. And um, actually this month I'm about to um, run my 25th sold out retreat in Bali. So super excited for that. And uh, then a few years ago, I started uh, Digital Yoga Academy and it's an online business school for yoga teachers. Um, We offer online courses and programs and coaching to support teachers and growing their communities and helping them to share their message further and ultimately create profitable and sustainable yoga businesses. And as for my professional background, I worked in marketing for over 15 years and um, I trained as a yoga teacher five years ago. And I, I guess that really kicked off my personal entrepreneurial journey and bringing together my passions for yoga and marketing and business, entrepreneurship. And my purpose really is to support teachers to do the same. And particularly with teaching yoga online, you know, I've had so much success in my own business um, and being able to share what I know in terms of, you know, being able to create a business that really works and creates impact and share that with people all over the world. And I want to support more teachers to be able to do the same. So that's why we're here today, really. So there are so many different ways that we can structure a business online. I'd love to hear about some of the different options that yoga teachers have for how to bring their business online. There really is, you know, no better way to make a bigger impact with your message than to share it online and reach people all around the world. And I think, you know, for yoga teachers who, you know, want to have more free time or more flexibility, or they want to move away from the teaching, the studio model, you know, perhaps they're looking for more financial freedom or to be able to share their knowledge further, then, you know, teaching online and um, taking your teaching online really is an incredible and, and, and it's a feasible business model for yoga teachers. And I get that there's going to be loads of questions that your listeners will have about how best to go about it, as well as some limiting beliefs as well. You know, I hear it, I hear these all the time with the teachers that I work with, you know, things like, um, you know, not understanding the steps to, t- to take or things like you thinking you have to be the most knowledgeable or world's most number one expert to teach online, or perhaps even thinking that people 
you know, will go to YouTube to practice yoga. So there's no demand for it. And I think these are just objections that we tell ourselves, they're fears that we feel around taking the next step in our business. And you know, feeling fear is normal, but staying stuck in that fear is really a choice. You know, there's so many ways that you can go about it which is incredible, you know, on the online space is an incredible space to be in. And I think, firstly, we have to understand that there's a big shift going on in the world right now that's really working in favour for the work that we do as teachers. You know, more people, as we know, are becoming more receptive to yoga and well-being, which is amazing. But at the same time, the world is also going crazy for online learning. It's a uh, multi-million dollar industry um, that's really, you know, expected to grow in, in uh, hugely over the coming years. And it just offers such a great opportunity for yoga teachers. You know, there's lots of ways that you can go about it. But I think the important thing to know is that whatever you do online or for your online course, whatever it is you create um, to share online, that it really leads to a transformation for people. You know, people buy an outcome. So... Firstly, we have to understand what our students want from us. What do they need? We need to understand who our students are. You know, it goes without saying for any offering that we put out there. You know, we're not talking about creating a standalone yoga class like what you find on YouTube. That's not what we're talking about here. What we're talking about is guiding your students towards an outcome, you know, a goal, some kind of transformation. And that could be, you know, guiding them over a specific period of time. So, you know, perhaps it's over a four week or a six week period. And maybe they're gonna receive, you know, video lessons from you, audio meditations, and perhaps you're gonna create some workbooks. Uh, maybe there's a private community for them online. Maybe they're even gonna get some live interaction from you as well. Um, so it's, you'll see it's really about packaging it up in a way that leads your students towards their goal. And that's very different to what you access on YouTube, you know, and um, I think it's, you know, also important to look at where you're at in your journey, yeah, where you're at in your business journey and your online journey. So if you're just starting out, maybe starting with some kind of online workshop, that helps your students to get started. It's just giving them a taster of your area of expertise. Um, so, you know, maybe if you're a teacher that you know, teaches yoga for menopause, you could create an online workshop that's really gonna help people to understand what it's all about and help them to get started. And you're just giving them enough information here to support them with going forward. And I think that's a really good place to start if you want to just get your, wet, your feet wet <laughs> um, with this type of business model. Um, there's lots of other options as well, and I'll, I'll just run through a few more, but you could also create what I call um, a specific topic course, and I use these in my business. Um, and this is where you're gonna help your students um, produce some results, specific results in one area. So, you know, maybe, um, it could be something around healing through the chakras. You know, it's very specific and you can teach everything that they need to know on that one area and just really go down deep into the layers. Um, so, you know, this isn't like the get started type of offering, which would be your workshop. This is more of a let's go deep into the topic. And with that, you can charge more, you know, 200, 300, $400 tends to be the going rate with something like this. And it's exactly where I started, you know, and I encourage the teachers in my programs to do the same and to start with small steps. You know, you don't need to go into a signature program um, when you're just getting started with this business model. And I guess that's the next thing. So the signature program, and this is kind of like your complete system, I, I guess, like a comprehensive system. Um, it typically has live input from you. So with my programs, my six month programs, there's live interaction with me, there's live coaching, live Q and A's. And it's the most in depth of all of the types of courses and offerings that you can have. You know, it's very specific, very detailed. You're um, really, you're teaching uh, your system or framework from start to finish. And, and the great thing that I, that, that I love about this type of program is that you know it's 
the results are real. You know, you really can see the transformations that your students go through. Um, but it is the whole shebang. So it's more work. You know, it's much more work for you to create, but the income potential is much higher. So, you know, I'd say, you know, start with baby steps, you know, start with the online workshops or the taster courses or the more specific topic courses um, and then move on to something bigger further down the line. Um, another great place to start would be with a membership program. Um, so, you know, with a membership program, you're sharing snippets of your expertise on an ongoing basis. So for us, we have the success club, you know, every single month there's something new and it's bite-sized and it can help your students to get started again. So the pro with that is that, you know, you're getting ongoing monthly revenue as well. So it's a really another um, great option to consider. So you've got that all the way through to, you know, a, a signature program, um, but like I said, you know, I'm three years into my business and now my main focus is on my signature programs. Um, so, you know, teaching an entire system like um, with my program, The Profitable Yoga Teacher, teaching an, uh, uh, teaching an entire tried and tested framework to teach teachers how to create and launch their own online yoga courses. And the first time I launched this, which was um, in the summer of 2018, I made $30,000 from that launch. You know, it's a lot of money. It was a really exciting day for me, but it's a lot of money. And I guess what I learned during that process, I used for my next um, program launch, which was almost double. So this is the thing, you know, when you find the course that's really working for you, and you continue to launch it over and over again, you're not creating something new, you're just adding to what you've already done. Um, and you're staying with what's working. And if you launch it several times, you get better and better. So that's something to always remember is, you know, is not to be disappointed from your first launch. It will, you know, it's never, it might not ever reach, meet your expectations first time round, but this is about creating a sustainable, business and using this business model in that way to learn to optimize to get better each and every time i would love to hear some more examples from your students of the types of offers and topics because i heard you mention a whole bunch of different ways that yoga teachers can get started teaching online i heard you talk about memberships workshop courses specific topics and then signature courses. And if you could give some examples, like one or two examples for each of these types from your students so that people can really start to get their, their creative juices flowing around it. Yeah, sure. So, um, a number of my students are working on membership site. You know, you, you have to kind of pick something that's going to work with you. But like I said, it's baby steps. So start with the online workshops or the membership site or a kind of, you know, a, a small course that maybe you'd put out there for two or three hundred dollars. But yeah, I've got students that are, um, I think I mentioned the yoga for menopause. There's a, there's a student, there's a teacher who's doing something around grief. You know, she's she's helping. Um, people who are using yoga uh, to recover from losing loved ones there's definitely some yoga for beginner courses in there and membership sites to help get people started I mean you know the, the opportunities are really endless but you have to do the work around really validating it with your students you know not understanding what your students really want is you know, a big mistake to make. You have to do that inner work and create something that's going to be um, that your students really want. So how do you recommend that yoga teachers get started with validating their ideas? Yeah, I think, you know, it's super important that you do that work. And um, I will start by saying that, you know, I honestly believe that every yoga teacher and every person in, on the planet <laughs> has an online course idea that they can offer. You know, you just need to be, because quite often this is the stumbling block for teachers. They're like, well, I just don't know what I want my topic to be. And what I'll say to that is that you just need to be knowledgeable and passionate about a specific topic and 
be a few steps ahead of your students, which we are as teachers. You know, we've gone through our training. Um, you know, we're qualified yoga teachers. We know a thing or two about yoga. And chances are that each and every one of you are, you're, you're all passionate about something specific in yoga. So there's really thousands of possible course ideas out there and so many things that you could create. And you don't need to worry either if, you know, another yoga teacher has already launched a course on the same topic, because that often comes up. You know, they'll say, well, there's someone already doing that, so I can't do that. Um, but you know, what you create is your version of that and you'll craft it and position it in an, in a unique way and in a way that attracts your people and, and your ideal students. Um, but like I said before, you know, people, people buy a transformation. So your idea, whatever it is, has to really help your students by providing a solution to their problem. So it needs to help them to move forward in their yoga journey or you know even in an aspect of their life um so you have to understand you know who is my ideal student i mean that's a whole topic on its own um uh, it's a whole pod podcast episode on its own i'm sure you've done something on that previously um but you know understanding who your people are and what they want from you what they need from you in your course and that's the only reason that someone's going to purchase your course is because they want the outcome. Like they're buying the transformation, um, how they're going to look, how they're going to feel. So there's really some discovery work that you need to do to truly understand that. And um, what I'll say is, you know, super simple thing that everyone can do this week is talk to your students, understand why they come to your classes understand what it is about your teaching that draws them back week after week and understand them, you know, ask them about their yoga journey and their experiences. What are they wanting to work on? You know, what are they wanting to get out of their yoga practice? Um, is there anything they're ch that's challenging them at the moment or anything they're struggling with? And it doesn't have to be related to their yoga practice as such, but struggling within their lives, you know, that yoga can help to provide a solution for. So we need to start talking to our students about this. And um, you can do it face to face, you can create surveys, you can use features on social media, like Instagram stories is a great place. There's lots of little features there where you can start to ask questions and do polls and start to get a bit more insight around your audience and you know what what it is that they're actually all about and then when you do that you know the sweet spot then really is matching that with the topics that you're passionate about you know that you can teach from the heart and really invest um, into sharing this topic with your students um, so yeah you need to validate it because when you're incredibly confident um, about creating a course and launching a course that you know that your students want to need, it's a totally different kind of experience, it really is. So I encourage each and every one of you, you know, before you go and put your heart and soul into creating your online course, you need to make sure that your audience wants it. You can't just guess it, you need to feel it in your bones. <laughs> Absolutely, so, so important. So. I think that a lot of yoga teachers, they want to go, they want to take their teaching online, but a big part of them is afraid that they're going to do it wrong and waste a lot of time. So from your perspective, having guided so many yoga teachers through this process, what are the biggest mistakes that people make and how can yoga teachers avoid those pitfalls and make a little bit more progress by avoiding those mistakes? Yeah, it's such a good question. And I'm going to give a question to your listeners actually right now. So I'm going to ask your ask your listeners, you know, what do you think is the first step that you have to take when it comes to teaching online? So imagine that you've just decided decided that you are going to start teaching online. What do you think you need to do first? So that's a question. Uh, for your listeners right now. And I can bet that most people are thinking that the first thing that they need to do is to create their course or to create their workshop or their program or, or content for their membership site. And that's the biggest mistake that you can make. And it's actually the mistake that I made when I first started Digital Yoga Academy. Um, 
you know, I, the first course that I created was my build your yoga website course. And I spent months creating it, scripting, recording, editing, you know, and then I launched it and guess what, guess what happened? (laughs) Nothing, you know, well, actually a few things happened, a few things happened. And because I had no audience at the time, I didn't really know who my ideal student was. And because I had no audience, I wasn't able to validate my course. And because I had no audience, no one bought my course. Yeah. So the biggest mistake I made is that I jumped straight into building my course without first building my community. So when that happened, you know, I pivoted and all of my efforts were then on building my community. So, you know, really building a community of entrepreneurial yoga teachers worldwide and you know this is a community now of a few years down the line it's a community of 12,000 yoga teachers and counting and I'm not talking about um, social media I'm talking about teachers on my email list so know that there's work to be done there's work to be done you know getting those numbers you know those 30k launches 50k launches it doesn't happen overnight you know this is about building a profitable and sustainable yoga business and with the right strategies you can really build your community and then go on to create your course and then go on to launch it in the right way and you know, so many teachers spend the first few years of their business just kind of taking shots in the dark and hoping that people are going to magically find them. And the digital world is just changing so much. You know, the landscape that we're in with social media and all of the online marketing tactics, it's constantly evolving. It's constantly changing. There's so much incorrect, um, outdated or even conflicting information online but definitely building your community is the place to start you have to really work on that you have to create your community first so that you've got people to talk to so that you've got people to validate your ideas with and so that you've got people there lining up for your course when you actually launch it yeah that makes so much sense and what you said before just a little bit earlier was that and I think we're just going to make this connection more explicit here is that you need to figure out who your people are before you can build a community of them. So step one is decide who you want to serve and then focus on really gathering them around you. And since this seems to be really an area that you're very, very good at, what are some hints for yoga teachers who want to get started? They've decided who they want to serve, then what? What are some concrete steps they can take to start building their community? Yeah, of course. So there's four pillars um, that I I talk about quite often, uh, all the time, actually. <laughs> um, but there's four pillars, because the thing is here, and I, I kind of mentioned it before, is that the marketing or digital landscape, there are so many things that you can do. There are so many strategies, so many business models that we kind of get shiny object syndrome and we don't know what we should be working on and we don't know where to start and therefore we don't start. We get overwhelmed with it all and we're trying to do it all ourselves. Um, And so if that feels like you, what I'd say to you is actually there's just four pillars. Just focus on these four things so that you feel less overwhelmed and just focus on these things. And so I'll, I'll run through them with you now. The first is content. Yeah, content. We need to have content in our business. You know, if I didn't create content, I wouldn't have a business. And it has to be non-negotiable. So just ask yourself now, am I creating content for my community? Uh, You know, is it the content that my ideal student really wants from me? Is it helping them? Is it supporting them? And give us some some examples for the average yoga teacher of what that would look like. So it could be a video. It could be a yoga video that you're creating every single week, or it could be a blog post that you're creating and then you're using that blog post to help you to create more content from it. Because this is the thing, you know, if you focus on creating a solid piece of content every single week, you can repurpose it and use it in different ways. So a great example of that is the blog post, you know, 10 10 um, reasons why you should start a yoga practice. Okay, so we've created a yoga 
let's say we are a teacher who specializes in um, getting new people into the yoga practice, so yoga for beginners. And we've just created this incredible blog post. Um, and now when we look at it, we've actually got 10 social media posts because we've, we've talked about 10 things to get you into your yoga practice. And you can actually take each one of those things and create 10 social media posts that you can share on Facebook and Instagram. You can get onto um, you know, Facebook Live and you can talk around all of these things that you've shared in your blog post. You can simply read your blog post. You, know, you can get onto Instagram stories each day and talk about each one of these um, points that you've made. Um, you know, I talk about finding the golden nuggets. You know, if you create a, a, a blog post or even if you create a video, you can edit it down and, and pull out one minute clips out of your video and start sharing those in different ways. So in order to do that, in order to build up this bank of content, we need to be consistent. We need to be creating and sharing something on a consistent basis. And it has so many benefits, you know, having fresh content on your website means that you're more likely to show up um, on Google in search results. You know, you have to be, you have to be creating fresh content on your site for Google to even go into your website and, and pull out the results. Um, but it, you know, content really feeds into everything. So it feeds into the other pillars, which I'll talk about. So content is a key one. And then website, which I just mentioned, you know, having an online home, you need to have an online home. Don't rely on Facebook and Instagram. That your accounts could be shut down any moment. Have your online space where you can show your brand, your the look and feel of you as a teacher. Super important. Um, an email list is the third pillar. You know, so again, your content feeds into this. You need a piece of content that's gated, that's an opt-in freebie that people will sign up for and that they'll give you um, their email address for. And you can see this like almost like a, a funnel, you know, as you share your content. So say you've got your blog post, you've shared it on Facebook. People are going to click on that. They're going to land onto your website. You've got two seconds to show people that this website is for them. So you need to be speaking to your, your audience, to your ideal student. You know, the, your homepage is super important for that to capture their attention. And then you have an opportunity to continue that relationship with people by getting them onto your email list. And you need something valuable to offer to them in exchange. Um, so that's three of the pillars. And then the final pillar is visibility. You know, being visible, showing up in the places that your students are hanging out online. And that includes social media, of course, but also working with partners to, you know, extend your network is all about visibility. Can you create a blog post for somebody else's website that's going to drive traffic to your site and increase your exposure? So visibility is really key, you know, showing up and um, extending that teaching time. You know, you might have an hour with someone in the studio, but if you're also talking to them on Instagram about yoga, you're extending that time with them and you're really building up the trust. And, you know, further down the line, when you launch your membership site, People know you, you know, you've built up that trust, you've built up that no like trust factor, you know, you, you're there and you're supporting people and you're front of mind. So really focusing on these four um, pillars is, is a really, really good place to start. One of the things I think many yoga teachers will be thinking as they hear you is, oh my God, this is so much, this is so much work partially because they are so often running from class to class and teaching so many in-person classes. So I wonder if you have some strategies or some thoughts around how to make this happen, how to realistically be consistent with these four pillars. Yeah, of course. And I totally understand that. But I think the question we need to ask ourselves is, okay, do I want to continue running around from studio to studio, teaching 20 yoga classes a week, feeling burnt out? Or do I want to make some change? And quite often that means that we need to look at our schedule and look at where we can create space in our schedule to start working on our business. So that's the difference, isn't it? You know, when we're teaching, we're in it, but actually let's create some space. So maybe it means dropping some classes you know, maybe there's an afternoon where you're, you know, having to travel 
you know, to the other side of town and it's like draining your energy and you know that that's really not working for you. So actually, could that be the place in in your week where you create some space for yourself to work on your business? Um, For me, you know, personally, I've worked really hard to uh, create daily habits for myself, you know, having having daily habits. So even just chipping away at things little by little, you you don't have to be working full days on it, but chipping away week by week, it it compounds, you know, that work compounds. Um, If you don't make a conscious decision and effort to add that time into your schedule, then it's not going to happen. Like I always say this, unless you mark it in your calendar, it's not going to happen. So actually, blocking the time out making it non-negotiable because you know that you have a bigger message here that you want to share with more people and the way to do that is you know we have to move into um you know we have to get a bit uncomfortable maybe you know maybe we can learn something new that we that we've that we've not done before or is completely new to us and of course that brings up resistance. So that's another reason why we don't put it into our schedule and, and to actually make it a priority. But, you know, you have to kind of think about what your bigger goal is and your bigger vision and how you're going to get there. So it's really about adding processes some systems in place and creating some habits so that even if it's just, you know, starting an hour a week working on your business is definitely better than, than, no, than no time at all. The adage nothing changes if nothing changes is so relevant and true here yeah that to some degree it is about making a a commitment to this journey and i would agree that consistency that making a a promise to yourself and showing up for yourself by creating this content by working on these four pillars in a way that is methodical and consistent. And, you know, for some yoga teachers, this is not part of their current self-perception. Like it's not, Mm. they think of themselves as more free spirited and intuitive. And that's great. That that's not something that we want to tamp down or change about ourselves but we can create more balance. We can actually change how we see ourselves and what we view ourselves as capable of. And if you want this big result, which is more freedom and more impact, then you need to make a commitment to, to making changes, probably not just in how you behave, but in how you see yourself. Oh yeah, definitely. For sure. I mean, it's thinking about the bigger picture and freeing up your time, freeing up your time for those teachers that feel like it's a little bit icky, you know, like this kind of, they feel like marketing is about selling or, um, they don't want to go there because it just doesn't feel aligned to them. Um, you know, trying to see it in a different way, you know, marketing is about communication and ultimately it's about helping. It's about helping your students. We have these incredible platforms at our fingertips where we can share yoga to a bigger audience. You know, we can help more people um, by sharing yoga online and seeing it in that light. And and actually you're helping people by sharing your blog post or your video, whatever it might be, um, is, is much better. And it helps you to kind of move through that resistance that you might have. And in fact, if you think of it that way, when you're creating it, Mm. that rather than, oh, I'm trying to promote myself, that your focus during the time of creation is helping people, then not only are you going to feel better about sharing it, but your content's going to be better. Oh, for sure. For sure. Everything is about the transformation. You know, if you always keep in mind that people read things, people connect to things, people consume information because they're looking for a transformation. What transformation can you provide to your students? And and because you've done that inner work around them, like you understand who they are and you understand what they need from you and how you can support them in their yoga journey and create your content around that. So you mentioned that you have a magic formula for making money by teaching yoga online. I do. <laughs> I do. It's a magic formula. Um, so I'm going to keep it super simple or as simple as I can. But basically, um, there's a proven formula for selling 
online courses. It's not my formula. Okay, it's not my magic formula. It's for selling online courses. So it doesn't just apply to yoga. This is a, think of it as an online education industry formula. And it basically says that 2% of your email list will go on to enroll in your online course. So 2% is actually an industry average, okay? I've had some launches that have been up to 10%, but I average around 5 to 7%. So let me break this down for you a little bit. So let's say that your goal is to generate your first $5,000 from your course launch. And you've done the work to build your audience up. So all the things we've talked about today, you've done that work, you've built your community, you've validated your course idea, you've um, created a specific topic course, let's say, that you know that your audience wants, and you've priced it around $300. So this is where it gets interesting. <laughs> you need to reach your goal, your income goal of $5,000, you need 17 enrollments, which doesn't sound like a lot. You know, all the people in the whole world, 17 people to enroll in your course to reach your income goal. And the other, the other number here is the number of people on your email list. And the number of people that you need on your email list in order to reach that is actually 840 people. So I think that sounds achievable. What do you think? Definitely. And I think that this formula is very important because I can't tell you how many yoga teachers I have had consultation calls with who have told me, it's not working. What I'm doing isn't working. I don't know why people aren't buying my stuff. And I ask them, okay, how big's your list? And I calculate you know, what percentage? I'm like, you just don't have enough people on your list. You're doing great. Actually, your percentage is great. So I have one woman in specifically that I was thinking about. And so she was telling me basically 5% of her list bought. And I was like, that's amazing. That You're amazing. doing great. Keep going. Just build your list. Yeah, exactly. So if you're converting at 5%, and uh, let's say that you've got a thousand people on your, on your list, which you know, is totally achievable. Everybody needs to realize it's totally achievable. If you've been creating your content, you're driving people to your website, you're sharing your freebies and you're talking about your freebies a lot and telling people about it because you know that that freebie is going to really help people. You've got people on your email list. So let's say you've got a thousand people on your email list and you're converting at 5%. And let's up the game a little bit. And let's say that you've got a signature program Okay, so they're getting the whole shebang here, you know, mate, they're getting the VIP treatment, let's say, maybe your students are going to work with you for like six months, and your signature program costs around $1,000. Okay, so that's like what my students get, they get online coaching with me, they get support on their journey. That's your first 50k launch right there, you know, it's totally possible. It is totally possible. I think what you said, you know, about consistency is, is so important and being persistent. You know, what might seem really insignificant when it's done once can actually be or actually become quite significant when it's done consistently over and over again. Um, so that's where it goes back to having those habits, right? Having habits and, you know, so that you don't get overwhelmed or you don't get distracted and you can just work on you know, the steps that you need to take to get your online course out there. And I think that that fourth pillar of visibility is super, super important. And I think you are kind of the queen of visibility. So while I have you on, I would love to pick your brain and get some of your top tips for <laughs> visibility. And you can, you can range the gamut from like, okay, the beginner tips for the brand new people. And then tell me also what are the kind of ninja level tips. The first thing I'll say is just get started because quite often, well, actually not even quite often, the main thing that holds us back from being visibility is fear. You know, it's when I think of visibility, it's for me, it's about getting onto video, you know, getting onto video, showing up online with my community. That's visibility for me. And um, you might feel like, or, you know, video right now just feels too much. 
So maybe, you know, you could work on how you could be more visible with um, building your network. That's another way to become visible in your community and to reach new people is to look at your network. And, you know, for especially for my other business, Good Yoga Life, that's how I grew so much in the early days. Like in the first year I grew, you know, I was filling workshops, filling all my events you know, really quickly. And the main reason for that was because of all the partners and the network that I was building up around me. So tell me specifically what you did for that business. Um, not being afraid to send emails, you know, looking at what, what companies, so you could start by creating a spreadsheet and looking online, doing some research and looking at, um, companies, other brands that, are aligned with you. They don't have to be other yoga companies. Um, so, you know, for instance, if you were doing, if your niche was um, you ran yoga classes for runners, let's say, you know, are there running groups that you could work with? Are there um, like those uh, protein bar, <laughs> you know, those protein bars for runners, like energy bars that you could work with? You know, having a look at, other companies that are working in the same niche as you that have the same customers and building up a database around that. And it applies for any niche. You know, if you're working with um, children, let's say, or, you know, um, uh, mums and babies or whatever it might be, you know, other kind of mums and baby groups or other businesses that are also working in with the, with those types of people and then looking at how you can reach out to them make contact you know just start even liking their social media posts and just kind of being in their space and then making contact perhaps you'll put to put to them a proposal to work together on an event together or it could be even something simple like if you're running an event have they got anything that they could offer any trial samples of their products to offer in your goodie bags. So that for me worked really well at the beginning. That's basically where I started with my events was, you know, building up my network around the goodie bags. And then some of those uh, partnerships, we explored how we could collaborate more, you know, perhaps running an event together, um, having my, you know, content on their website creating blog posts for their websites, running giveaways together on social media. There's so many things that you can do, but the main thing is you have to make contact with the right people and choose other partners that are that feel aligned with your business and what you stand for as well. That's really important. But honestly, that's one of the main ways that I grew in the in the beginning. And you know, even with Digital Yoga Academy, you know, I've built up a big partnership network. That, are support, that also support yoga teachers and are, you know, passionate about what I'm doing and are happy to share what I'm doing with their communities. So it's important that you look at this, um, regardless of, you know, whether it's teaching online or whether you're doing in-person offerings. Um, but yeah, looking at how you can extend your reach, because it's essentially, it's, it's free reach, you know, it's, it's, you're it's reaching people for free, you're not paying for it. Um, so that's really important. Uh, do, have we gone on a bit off piste? What, where were we? <laughs> we were talking about visibility. So we're still on, yeah, we're on point. And I, I want to highlight what you said about connecting with the right people, because it's, I think it's definitely going to be more powerful to connect with a few people who you're really aligned with what they're doing Yes. Yeah. versus just like trying to reach out to everybody. And people can tell if you are just kind of reaching out in a formulaic way, like I get a lot of people who reach out to me and there's a difference between somebody who's really excited about what I'm doing and in alignment and somebody who's just trying to grow their network with whoever. So I, I really wanted to highlight that because I think it's super important. Yeah. For sure. Yeah, definitely. Make sure that you have, that you're either, you know, in that, the community of that company yourself, like you're a customer yourself. So you've experienced what they're about, or you're just really passionate about what they do. And you know, you can see some real synergies to both help each other's communities, you know, make it a win-win um, when you reach out to people for sure. It's really important. What are the single projects, visibility projects that you've taken on that have made the biggest impact for you? 
in your digital yoga business? So my summits every year, I run online summits for yoga teachers. I interview uh, well-known yoga teachers about their business journeys, offer these interviews out to people that sign up uh, to the summit. And I also support teachers throughout the summit experience with online training and coaching. So it's a kind of immersive boot camp experience, really. Um, and I've run a few of these now already, and they take a lot of work to put together, um, a lot of planning. But in terms of you know building my email list and um, increasing my exposure, you know the teachers that I work with that I interview, they all share share it the summits with their communities as well. I'd say that's been the biggest uh that's created the biggest impact in my business for sure well is there anything else that you want to share with listeners today kelly teaching online is definitely achievable um it's hard work <laughs> it's hard work you have to be in it like you have to really be committed to this but as i said you know if you are a teacher that is running around and you're in the studio model um, or maybe you've been creating your own offerings as well, and you really have that desire to share more and to share with people um, wider than your local area, and you want to have that financial freedom, and you're in this for the long haul because, you know, as yoga teachers, you know, we're, we're in this for the foreseeable, you know, we want to teach yoga for a long time. So this business model really is a feasible way to do that in a sustainable way, sustainable. Just know that you don't, you don't necessarily need to know what you're doing before you embark on something like this, as long as you find someone that's gonna walk you through it. And one of my previous students, her name is Bridget Palace. She said something once um, that really stuck in my mind. She said, you know, I didn't even know what I didn't know. <laughs> so, you know, if you're thinking that you don't know enough or like Bridget, you know, you, you don't know what you don't know um, about creating and launching an online course, just know that if you find the right person and the right program, you are golden. <laughs> and we all need mentors. I mean, I think we talked a little bit earlier about making mistakes. I think that would be one of the biggest mistakes I see people make is trying to build an online business without getting mentors and really just trying to consume all the free, free content out there, which is going to give you conflicting information rather than committing to a few mentors who are further along the path and can guide you as you come across roadblocks, which you always will. As far as actually applying the information to your specific situation, it's not going to help you do that. So you have to have the mentors. Definitely, for sure. I think it's important to have that accountability. But I think to build something like this, you need to be prepared to invest in yourself. You need to be prepared to invest in your learning and, you know, invest in your business. Thank you so much for coming on, Kelly, and sharing your insight and your wisdom. If podcast listeners want to find out more about you and what you offer, where can they find you? Yeah, sure. Thank you so much for having me, first of all. Um, it's digitalyogaacademy.com and Digital Yoga Academy on Facebook and Instagram. There's also a group that's got around 9,000 teachers in. So everybody's welcome to come and join us in the group. It's specifically for marketing. Um, but ultimately, just to finish up, you know, this is about creating impact. Yeah, it's about creating impact in your life. Um, in your family's life, in this, in your students' life, it's a about creating impact. So, yeah, you get to create impact. <laughs> we do, and we're very, very fortunate, I think, to have you know chosen a path of impact. That is not a choice that very many people in this world make. And if you think about the things that make people happy one of those things is feeling a sense of fulfillment in what you do and knowing that you're helping people and knowing that you're making a contribution into the world. So whether you decide to do that teaching yoga in person or whether you decide to do that bringing your yoga online, I salute and admire you for that choice. Thank you so much, Kelly. Thank you. Huge thank you to Kelly McHugh for sharing all of that helpful advice. 
to any of you who are interested in creating an online course. And a massive, massive thank you to all of you who are contributing to the expenses of this podcast through the podcast patron program. And this week I want to welcome Shauna or Shona, not sure exactly how to pronounce that, Kate, Mina, Leslie, Natalie, and Suzanne as brand new patrons. I started the patron program to be a win-win-win situation for those of you who love this podcast, listen regularly, and want to support. How it works is that you sign up to contribute a certain amount per month, starting at $5 a month. And in exchange, you get number one, to know that you are making a difference in supporting this podcast. You're helping me create weekly ad-free episodes. You also get extra materials, downloads, cheat sheets, checklists, and even online trainings to help you integrate and deepen what you learn through the podcast. Go to teachingyoga.net slash patron to find out more about becoming a patron of the Yoga Teacher Resource Podcast. Before you move into the rest of your day, I want to invite you to check in with how your personal practice and your self-care has been lately. I know that over the last two months, all of our routines have been completely turned upside down. So I'm curious, have you been able to come to a new normal for yourself? Maybe even improve your self-care practices? Or are you still struggling with this? What could you do today to help you regulate your nervous system and remember what's really important to you? This morning, as I was heading out the door, to go on my usual walk, it started to rain right as I was walking out the door. And as much as I'm really dedicated to my walks, I'm a little bit of a wimp <laughs> about getting wet. And I decided to hold off on that. I went downstairs and so things are a little out of order. Usually I do my walk first and my practice second, but I did a practice and that was good. For me, the combination is really magical though. There's supposed to be a little break in the weather this afternoon, so I plan to go for my walk around one o'clock instead, and I'm really, really happy about the rain because this weekend I got almost all of my warm weather plants in the ground. I planted squash, zucchini, red peppers, tomatoes, basil, eggplant, and parsley. So the fact that I don't have to manually water everything today is a huge gift because that soft, steady rain that's coming down right now and the moisture in the air, this is perfect circumstances for these plants to root and get established. I'm definitely a little bit sad that I don't get my morning garden time today, but knowing that my plants are in the right conditions to thrive makes up for it. And I'm hearing the pitter-patter of little feet, so Reina is coming down the stairs, and I'm going to sign off for this week. Good morning. Hi. Did you sleep well? Yes. Did you have any dreams? Yes. What did you dream about? Um, 